0: Chapter 17. Translation and Translated Beings. Verily, I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Matthew 16 28. There is no such thing as a basic training manual entitled How to Become a Translated Being. Tutelage and personal mentoring is the traditional order and methodology of teaching the higher ways to the elect as they progress through the process of becoming translated beings. They receive and hold within themselves greater portions of the light of Christ and through their crown chakras, which is transmitted to them individually from the celestial realms above as they are ready for it and as they request it with specificity. We are discovering that it is not uncommon for those in the translation process to be mentored by a married couple, a seasoned and translated husband and wife team that appears to and assists designated individuals as they attain a certain level in their personal ascension process. Officially, the millennium has already begun. In the near future, as the world goes through the turbulence of what we call the tribulations, most of the inhabitants of the world will die. They will be taken up to heaven to thankfully be spared the agony and the horridness through which the world is about to pass however there are those among us who are designated even from before their own birth to live through the tribulations in peace and light with the accompaniment of angels and the companionship of Christ himself in these glorious concepts well, if these glorious concepts resonate with you individually this then is your clarion call to awake to arise, to chart a life course, and to get additional clarification from Father about how you are to prepare and about whether or not you are to commence your translation process now. Without any doubt whatsoever, this is an exciting time for all of us to be alive while translations are taking place now here in the Fallen telestial Estate. Even now heaven is sending down messengers who are placing their hands upon us awakening many faithful disciples to Christ who are becoming aware of the promises that they may be that they made before descending to earth. Translation is always more a matter of readiness than it is of worthiness. Through the grace of the Lord and his holy atonement we are sanctified and cleansed of any and all imperfections. The full merits of the Savior's atonement can be implemented within us in mere moments. However, readiness is always the greatest factor that applies to those who are awakening to their true identities and the call to prepare themselves for full-time service of the Lord in their various end-time scenarios. Readiness is becoming aware of the desire to fulfill the full measure of creation even now while yet in the flesh. It is allowing our curiosity to spur us into a whole new lifestyle to willingly submit ourselves to the will of the father while setting aside what we used to think we knew it is breaking away from the old mindset and patterns of the fallen world where so much focus and personal energy is given to careers money materialism mortgages and retirement accounts and shifting into a whole new paradigm christ's power and grace wherein his spirit is with us at all times can then guide comfort strengthen us personally the faith of our past is absolutely no longer enough to carry us through what is now about to unfold. Readiness means doing whatever it takes to step up to the plate, take Christ by the hand, and in all confidence begin a whole new life with an entirely new focus, and a body that will morph through an amazing transformation. The reality of the arrangements, no, agreements, covenants, and foreordinations that many faithful spirits enter into prior to their birth Involves personal translation, which is the process in which our bodies and spirits will be made perfect and become one with him. There is one profound piece of knowledge that is coming to the forefront. Many of us have end-time missions to fulfill for the Messiah himself, and we cannot complete some of these special and specific missions for him without becoming translated beings ourselves. Translation, in our current world, is the transformation from a telestial body into a terrestrial body that is completely filled with glorious light. Our bodies never undergo death as it is now known to us, the spirit leaving the body and the body being laid into the ground until resurrection. Translation is passage from the corruptible state, then entering into the state of eternalness like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, even while remaining undetected by others here in the telestial world. At a certain point in the process of being changed, translated beings have no need to eat or sleep as they did previously. They do have the ability to eat and sleep, if it serves their purposes, as they go about performing the works of God on the earth in disguise as it were unknown to the mortals around us. Translated beings are exempt from the normal physics, physical pains of mortality, only experiencing empathetic sorrows and pains for the sins of the world around them, and as they perform Christ's errands. Now, during the translation process, one's spiritual progression is almost always ahead of the physical progression. What does that mean? It means that we must learn how to rid ourselves of the triggers, false beliefs, and worldly patterns that have become part of our behavior so that our physical bodies can catch up to the higher level of our spirits. We will find ourselves on a pathway of recreation, where we receive instruction on how to displace the fallen nature of our body and replace it with new patterns that become part of the enhanced makeup, self, or soul. As a result, even our thinking changes. True, this behavior modification would apply to any self-help, personal progression at the college or graduate school level. However, this formal instruction on how to change personal patterns, the godly way, comes from the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Holy Ghost at first and then directly from the Savior. Section, Our True and Overarching Mission Third Nephi 28 teaches about the all-encompassing purpose of translated beings. It is that they bring soul, the souls of men unto Christ. Interestingly, they become one with the Father by first becoming one with the Messiah. Even if they are asked to accompany souls from all vestiges of, the, of this planet into the safety of the Holy City and other established cities of Zion when the tribulations and call-out begins, They will do as they are instructed. They will follow the instruction of the Savior. Obedience is the will of the Lord and ultimately the will of the Father will be the priority of those serving as translated beings. Section. Scripture validates translation. In Scripture we read of men who were translated. Enoch was one, the whole city of Enoch was another, John the Beloved, the three Nephites, Alma the Younger, Nephi the son of Helaman, Moses, Elijah, and many others that were never recorded in Holy Writ. We learn from Hebrews 11.5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Not long after the death of Adam, the translated people of the city of Enoch were taken up into heaven. Quote, I have taken the Zion of Enoch into mine own bosom, end quote. In the final days of the mortal ministry of Christ, John the Beloved had the boundless zeal to request that he be allowed to stay on the earth, while others had requested to leave. Thus the Lord blessed him with translation so that he would evermore have power over death itself. Not long after the translation of the Apostle John, the Lord appeared to the Nephites in the Americas, and nine of his apostles there chose to return home to him and to their rest, once they reached the age of 72. But three beseeched the Lord to remain, so they they were given power over death by translation, and they immediately saw things not lawful to other. And two thousand years later, they continued to minister among men. We can learn much of the account of the Translator 3 Nephites recorded in 3 Nephi 28, 7-32 as follows. Therefore, more blessed are ye, for ye shall never taste of death, and again ye shall not have pain while ye dwell in the flesh, neither sorrow, save it be for the sins of the world. And all this will I do because of the thing which ye have desired of me. For ye have desired that ye might bring the souls of men unto me, while the world shall stand. And for this cause ye shall have the fullness of joy, and ye shall sit down in the kingdom of my Father, yea, your joy shall be full, even as the Father hath given me fullness of joy, and and ye shall... Be even as I am, and I am even as the Father, and the Father and I are one. And behold, the heavens were opened, and they were caught up into heaven, and saw and heard unspeakable things. And it was forbidden them that they should utter, neither was it given unto them power that they could utter the things which they saw and heard. And they were cast into prison by them who did not belong to the church, and the prisons could not hold them, for they were rent in twain. And they were cast down into the earth, and they did smite the earth with the word of God, insomuch that by his power they were delivered out of the depths of earth of the earth and therefore they could not dig pits sufficient to hold them and thrice they were cast into a furnace and received no harm and twice they were cast in the den of wild beasts and behold they did play with the beasts as a child with a suckling lamb and received no harm behold i was about to write the names of those who were never to taste of death but the father forbade therefore i write them not for they are hid from the world but behold i have seen them and they have ministered unto me and behold they will be among the gentiles and the gentiles shall know them not they will be among the Jew, and the Jews so know them not. And it shall come to pass, when the Lord seeth fit in his wisdom, that they shall minister unto all the scattered tribes of Israel, and unto all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people, and shall bring out of them unto Jesus many souls, that their desire may be fulfilled, and also because of the convincing power of God which is in them. And they are as the angels of God. And if they shall pray unto the Father in the name of Jesus, they can show themselves unto whatsoever man it seemeth him good. Therefore great and marvelous shall be the works shall be wrought by them before the great and coming day when all people must surely stand before the judgment seat of Christ yea even among the gentiles shall there be a great and marvelous work wrought by them before that judgment day There are others who are believed to have been translated Alma was a righteous man and the saying went abroad in the church that he was taken up by the spirit or buried by the hand of the Lord even as Moses Nephi, who was the son of Helaman, gave his eldest son, also named Nephi, charge over the church and the records of the people, and then he departed out of the land, and whither he went no man knoweth. Another great and glorious vision burst upon us, for Elijah the prophet, who was taken into heaven without tasting death, stood before us. No man knoweth of Moses' sepulchre unto this day. Section. Are individual translations really happening now? You may say, incredible, unlikely. Unlikely. I don't understand, and yet it is true. There are hundreds of disciples of the Messiah that pertain to the fellowship of the purposeful and joyful sufferers in Christ that are currently undergoing the process of personal translation. Additionally, in the past three years, 2020 is the time of this writing, there are over 150 souls that have completed the entire translation process. The number of those among us who are completing the translation process is growing exponentially. Soon enough, hundreds will be translated, then thousands at a time. Translation is a charge, or a change in the physical body, a step towards working out a better resurrection. Being translated is a suspension of mortality. Being translated, oh, Many translated beings will pass through death and resurrection at the time of the second coming of the Lord in all of his power, but for others it could be at the beginning, during, or at the end of the millennium. Or at another place, for time designated by the Lord, it shall merely be a glimmer of the type of death most mortals will experience. It is traditional for the initial gift, ordinance, and ordination of translation now in modern times to be performed by the 1st century 1st Presidency, who are Peter, James, and John. Prior to the time of Christ, it is unclear who officiated the many gifts, ordinations, ordinances of translation. There were clearly many, many times more translations taking place during the ages of the pre-Diluvian patriarchs than there have been at this point in the modern times. However, there is merely, this is merely the beginning of marvelous works and wonders, as the 144,000 are now being awakened and beginning their translation process. All of this as though there were a heralding of the rising of the sun in the east, proclaiming, Awake and Arise. Section The great sifting to higher dimen- shifting to higher dimensions is now upon us. The vortex has opened, the time is so short. Translation is certainly not an event, it is a glorious process. Translation pertains in these modern times to all those for whom it was contracted, or covenanted, in pre-mortality. As part of their predetermined foreordination, there is felt within the mind and heart a wondrous resonance for those who are now awakening to this pure doctrine of Christ, the doctrine of translation, wherein we transformed into terrestrialized bodies. It took Enoch 360 years to progress from the formal commencement to the completion of his translation process. The three Nephites from the first century AD that we learn about in the Book third book of Nephi completed their translation process over a period of 182 years. We, the last laborers in the vineyard of the final dispensation of time, will only have a few months or perhaps just a few years to complete the process of translation that took one or more centuries to complete in the ages past. The Lord will literally catapult our translation process, especially in comparison to the lengthy progression of the Ancient Ones. The upward shifting of the frequencies is expanding. Idumea is rapidly shifting now from third up into fourth and fifth dimensions in preparation for the expansion from the telestial into the terrestrial format. Since the days of Adam, Eve, and Seth, and many other pre-Diluvian patriarchs, approximately 14 million souls who were valiant in the testimony of Christ have been translated. Anciently, 99.9% of those who were translated were transferred under the guidance and leadership of Jehovah to reside in various locations out there in the sacred cosmos, while 0.1% stayed behind to fulfill specific missions assigned to them by the Lord. Currently, in 2020, 47% of those who are completing their translation process are being assigned to remain behind, to stay here and labor amongst the the Ascending Ones, while 53% are assigned to join various communities in the Sacred Cosmos. As the universally chiasmatic shift continues over the next few years, 99% of those who are completing the translation process will be called by Yeshua to remain behind here on Earth, while 1% are transferred up into the advanced colonies of the terrestrialized beings. There are approximately 40 colonies of translated beings that originated from this planet that the Lord has placed in specific locations, most of which are much closer to the Klolab cluster of 13 planets than the current orbit of this earth. In their current placements, about a third of the distance out from the core, these colonies of souls that pertain to this planet and our systems have access to much greater degrees of higher frequencies and celestial light, shenecha. The largest single group to undergo a great transition ascended together in the city of Enoch group shortly after the death of Adam at the age of 930. See the book of Jubilees. In this particular space of time, time being a non construct, the Lord has combined the two of the largest clusters, entire cities, including the very ground that they were built upon, that were removed from this earth into one single orb in the cosmos. The city of Enoch and the city of the great high priest Melchizedek, the city of Salem, now provisionally constitute a small planet with about 4.5 million inhabitants. Approximately 75% of this terrestrial citizenry we call Enoconians, and about 25% of these translated beings came from the valley of Kidron, just outside the existing ancient city of Jerusalem. The Kidron Valley is the valley originating slightly northeast of the old city of Jerusalem, which separates the Temple Mount from the Mount of Olives. The very word Jerusalem, or the Hebrew Yerushalim, does not just mean city of peace; it also means a place to which the city of the High Priest of Righteousness is to return. Melchizedek was the great high priest, the greatest king and high priest of his era. About one full millennia after Adam and Eve partook of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the city of Enoch was lifted up into the heavens from the area that we now know as the Gulf of Mexico, which is directly south and adjacent to the place in which we call the modern-day state of Missouri, where the great city of the New Jerusalem is soon to be constructed. In the very near future, both of these great cities will be returned back to the very locations from which they were lifted up. What marvelous times we live in! Entire books are coming forth now about the very uplifting and exciting subject. The remaining approximately 38 groups of cities, or terrestrial communities, which were taken up into the heavens as they were able to raise their personal frequencies to a certain level, will also be returning back here to this earth from whence they came. These cities will return to earth as cluster groups, in the same or similar fashion in which the Lord himself was listed up. These cluster groups were and are somewhat distinct from the singular translated cities of Enoch and Melchizedek. A few years from now, when the Lord brings all of these lost cities back to this earth, at the onset of his thousand-year millennial reign, the size of this earth will increase to a size and sheer mass that is approximately two and two-thirds times greater than its current displacement and physical mass, its size. At about the same phase in the glorious timing of the Lord Idumea, this Earth will be transported back to the same locale that she occupied in her paradisiacal state, prior to the fall of Adam. Just by way of review, this location, terrestrial frequencies and light, in the great and sacred cosmos, is about one third of the distance in the universe, out from the core home planets, whereas we currently occupy occupy a place in the universe that is approximately two thirds out of the, way, uh, of the way out from the home core of planets, where the frequencies and the small amount of celestial light that reaches us is at a telestial level. Sometime between 1835 and 1842, the Book of Abraham was translated from ancient Egyptian into the English language by the gift and power of God. May God ever bless Brother Joseph. The, this ancient papyrus came out of the ancient catacombs of Egypt. The, this Book of Abraham which was literally written by the hand of Abraham himself, contains three Egyptian facsimiles, or drawings, which exhibit cosmic truths revealed by deity. Ancient Egyptian facsimile number two is found on pages 36 and 37 of the book of the Pearl of Great Price, or on pages 9 and 10 of the book of Abraham, which follows the book of Moses. Only a small portion of facsimile two was ever permitted to be translated into English because most of the material here was much too sacred to be revealed out into the fallen celestial world. However, That meager portion of light and truth that has permitted to be brought out into the world provides us with a simply amazing insight into the intricacies of Kolob and the intrigue of the core home planets in our universe. A most wonderful book on the subject of the sacredness and the holy cosmos as they relate to the ordinances and rites of the temple, entitled Temple and Cosmos, was authored by Hugh Nibley. In the collected works of Hugh Nibley, Temple and Cosmos is volume number 12. Brother Hugh Nibley, in my humble opinion, was one of the greatest God-sent hermeticists of all modern times. To me, it is both strange and amazing that he died of natural causes at old age, as 98% of all historical hermeticists were and are martyred, slain for the cause of Christ. In the overarching plans of God for our ascension and exaltation, it is extremely important that they seal their testimonies with their own blood. Few things invoke the rage of the populace and the demon hordes more than the emergence of the pure doctrines of Christ, which almost always come forth out of the obscurity into direct contravention and opposition to whatever the storyline of the religions of the day may be teaching and professing to lead the children of men astray. May God grant that one day in the near future the poignant and penetrating truths of the history of Hermeticism of this planet, which is Christ's, may come forth into the light and awareness of the world, and may God and the angels of heaven bless and keep Brother Nibley and his voluminous writings, many of which were too sacred ever to be published in the telestial realm. The transfiguration of Idumea is about to take place during the transitioning from its telestial up to its terrestrial estate when this great shifting takes place we who remain in the flesh through the tribulation will witness from this side of the great veil what we refer to as the star trek enterprise effect this may sound rather goofy but please look a tit from a look at it from a, <laughs> <look at> it <laughs> from a non-fiction trekkie, sci-fi perspective in a coming day the prophesies Prophecies that the stars will fall from the heavens uh, will surely come to pass. Those are found in Mark 13.25, Revelation 6.13, Matthew 24-29, Doctrine and Covenants nine four. This is very much like the starship Enterprise going into its docking station near Earth when its warp drive engines hurl it into deep space, making the stars all fall as seen from the command or control deck this is simply god's way of transporting one of his marvelous creations from one place in the sacred cosmos to another to facilitate its dimensional shift into a higher or lower frequency or dimension or realm his holy purposes to fulfill section now in our day the realms are coming together to meet in the middle as sizable chunks of this Earth are surgically removed and carefully placed into specific locations in the sacred cosmos, these communities of translated beings continually continue upwardly in their ascension process, graduating, if you will, from one dimension to the next. At times we refer to the one twelfth and seven plus one. Billions of planets in the cosmos, mostly consisting of one single low level or telestial planets, such as the one that we find ourselves on right now, twelve different levels of glorious terrestrial planets, seven separate and distinct levels of celestial, or exalted progression, with one level that is supreme, the highest of the high, a Kolob-class orb. The exalted levels namely one through seven plus one are broken down into three different groupings one through four then five through seven with the eighth level existing within its own highly exalted grouping that is distinct from the other two mother and father elohim reside in the perpetual burnings of a kolob class planet and they enjoy the fulfillment of living in a realm in which they no longer are required to go out praise and glory be unto them in the highest words would never be adequate hell as it were is a very very cold place in the realms of the gods of light everywhere there are 24 dimensions each of which consists of an unlimited number of parallels the lord of hosts is actively orchestrating and the polarization effect in reverse as the frequencies of the various cities of terrestrialized beings are high enough that they cannot be contained to this telestial realm They are assigned to places of greater light. Typically, they dwell in principalities and dominions in the 8th and ninth dimensions. However, the Lord is bringing many of them down, step by step, from 8th and ninth into the 7th and 6th dimensions, so that they can, as a service of love and devotion, use their influence and powers of terrestrial mentorship to lift us up from our current 3rd dimension into the 4th and 5th dimensions. This we refer to as meeting in the middle at the commencement of the millennium section terrestrial colonies and earthbound cities of light sometime between the fourth and the sixth of april 2001 the lord began to bring down from the starry heavens above us entire groupings of terrestrial beings to establish colonies of light all over the world naturally all of these colonies of translated beings are being brought back down onto the earth from which they were taken during a specific point in their collective ascension process because these cities are oscillating at much at such a high frequency, existing within the sixth or even seventh dimensions, we cannot see them with our naked telestial or third dimension eyes. This is all part of the glorious transitioning of Idumea and the Children of Light up from third into fourth and fifth dimensions, or even higher, to the span of the thousand-year millennial reign of the Lamb of God. Although there are what we most often refer to as the Enoch colonies all over the earth in each continent, the highest concentration of cities of light are located in the north, south swath of land that is west of the continental divide of the Rocky Mountains. Starting from Alberta, Canada covering the lands all the way down through Montana, Idaho, Utah into central Arizona within this north, south rectangular shaped region that covers approximately 800 miles in length. Perhaps the highest concentration of Enoch, Conean, or, yeah, Enoch Colonies is currently located in Sanpete County, which is roughly in the center of the state of Utah. There are a total of 18 Enoch Colonies located within the boundaries of Sanpete County, Utah. For those interested in learning more about terrestrial colonies that have been brought down from heaven to dwell among us, I would refer you to a paperback booklet entitled Terrestrial Colonies, Cities of Light by Ruth White, copyright 2018 by Ruth White. ISBN, uh, it's 173 pages. This book covers a variety, a wide variety of topics such as Enoch Colony Organization, Finances, Service, and Education, Divine Protection for Places of Gathering in the Last Days, The Global Rescue Efforts of Translated Beings, Terrestrial Medicine and Healing, and Terrestrial Travel, to name a few of the subjects. Enjoy. Section. The gift of translation consists of two threes. The three specific or no, the three aspects that fulfill translation are one, a gift, two, an ordinance, and three, an ordination. The second three is comprised of three ordinances which are also ordinations. There are two ordinances that take place at the official beginning of the translation process with one ordinance taking place at the end of the translation process which complete the progression. Prior to the first two initial ordinances taking place, holy ground is always cleared, sanctified, and dedicated. The holy beings that are designated to perform them arrive 24 hours ahead of time to fortify these areas in advance with light and to shield them against any and all dark entities. These areas are then patrolled by members of the army of Helaman and other sentinels assigned to protect them. These sacred ordinations may take place in farmers' fields, secluded backyards, and special rooms in the homes of host families, or sometimes in a room in a church building or one of the holy temples. For those who have been foreordained to be translated, there are three events in the process, the first two of which occur one directly after the other. Each of these steps involves the laying out of hands by bearers of the higher orders of priesthood authority from the other side of the veil. The first event involves receiving both the gift and ordinance of translation. This blessing is given by Peter, James, and John. Any one of the three members of the ancient First Presidency can administer this gift and ordinance. The second event also includes or involves the laying on of hands. This is the sealing of the initial gift and ordinance, and is usually offered by Jesus Christ himself, though it could also be administered by another member of deity, as delegated by the holy order of the priesthood. The third and final event is that of the ordination, which is administered by the Messiah himself to finalize the personal translation process at the time and place wherein he sees fit. This laying on of hands is a bit different in that it is not how we typically think about it. The Lord comes to you and touches your forehead with his left hand. Remember that the left hand gives and the right hand receives, placing the mark upon you that will seal you up eternally as his. It is this mark that will designate you as a member of the 144,000. Your body is then changed into its perfect form, wherein your life is sustained only by the light of Christ. You are no longer mortal, but you can now travel to any place, any period of time, any dimension, and any form necessary. To fulfill the assignments, the Lord will give to you. Section. Definition of Gift as it Relates to Translation. When an individual son or daughter of Father and Mother in Heaven are appropriately ready and prepared, a gift is presented to him or her directly from the Father, as administered by Jesus Christ, or as delegated through the Holy Ghost. An example of the bestowal of the heavenly gift is the confirmation which takes place directly after a baptism of water, wherein the recipient of the gift hears the bearer of the Holy Priesthood state, and I say unto you, receive the Holy Ghost. This is a gift. In the Doctrine and Covenants 46 46, 8 through 9, the Lord sets forth, Wherefore, beware lest ye be are deceived, and that ye may not be deceived. Seek ye earnestly the best gifts, always remembering for what they are given. For verily I say unto you, They are given for the benefit of those who love me and keep all my commandments, and him that seeketh so to do, that all may be benefited, that seek or ask of me, that ask and not for a sign that they may consume it upon their lusts. Likewise, additional gifts of the Spirit are granted to those in the Ascension process as they request them, one by one. There are at least three places in canonized Scripture where some of the gifts of the Spirit are listed in three group settings. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-12, Moroni 10, 8-18, and Doctrine and Covenants 46, 8-26. through The number and nature of the various gifts from God are too many to list here, and for every gift that is outlined, For us in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter of Moroni and 46th section of D&C, there are at least another dozen spiritual gifts that remain unlisted in holy canon. For our purposes, let us remember that the initial ordinances and ordinations that give commencement to the translation process are a direct gift from God, and are referred to as such even in the translation ordinance and ordination. Section. Definition of ordinance as it relates to translation. Simply put, an ordinance is, an, is any act that involves the flow of power from God to man. Repentance, or taking upon oneself the various aspects of the holy atoning sacrifice, is an example of an inward ordinance. Baptism by immersion for the remission of one's sins, for example, is an outward ordinance. The term ordinance is typically used to refer to a sacred ceremony or sacred rite and event. In some instances, an ordinance is either the initializing of a spiritual act or or it is the finalization of a sacred covenant process. For some Christian denominations, the word sacrament is generally synonymous with ordinance. In all cases, ordinances are utilized by a deity for furthering the progression, as ordinances are designated to facilitate the groups which bring mankind closer to having everything that God has, and become everything that God is. Holy ordinances are vital in the process of deifying our DNA in the personal ascension transitioning process. Section Definition of Ordination as it Relates to Translation Ordinations are always administered by the laying on of hands upon the recipient's head. Holy ordinations are administered unto men by and through the keys of the holy priesthood via delegation from the divine source. One example of an ordination is the conferral of the holy priesthood by the laying on of hands for the recipient to receive a specific office within the orders of the holy priesthood, which is after the order of the Son of God. When a holy ordination is performed, traditionally by what authority it is being performed is established at the beginning, i.e. Aaronic priesthood, Melchizedek priesthood, Patriarchal priesthood, or Apostolic priesthood. In most, if not all cases in this fallen world, priesthood ordinations that are performed are merely reenactments of ordinations performed in the primordial world. Exemplary verses which portray this ordination principle well are verses three, six, and seven of Alma 13. And this is the manner after which they were ordained, being called and prepared from the foundation of the world according to the foreknowledge of God, on account of their exceeding faith and good works in the first place, being left to choose good or evil. Therefore they, having chosen good and exercising exceeding great faith, are called with a holy calling, yea, with that holy calling which is prepared with and according to preparatory redemption for such and thus being called by this holy calling and ordained unto this high priesthood for the holy order of God to teach his commandments unto the children of men that they might also enter into his rest. The, this high priesthood being after the order of his son, which order was from the foundation of the world, or year, uh, or in other words, being without beginning of days or end of years, being prepared from eternity to all eternity, according to his foreknowledge of all things. There are a few excess acceptable synonyms for ordination which convey a similar concept pronouncement of authority conferral of power authority and holy enjoyment enjoyment abraham experienced this ordination process as he sought to possess great knowledge and be a follower of righteousness he explained that he became a rightful heir a high priest holding the right belonging to the fathers abraham was confident in the lord he knew that the lord loved him as he said i sought for mine appointment unto the priesthood according to the appointment of the god of unto the fathers concerning the seed. Now some might think that all of this talk of ordination is only for the men and it would seem to be so in this life. There is no scriptural record of women being ordained to what is referred to as the priesthood. But we don't have the records of our four ordinations and women were foreordained or elected to missions that they are to fulfill in this life. Those missions are very are every bit as important as the missions men are to fulfill. If we are created in God's image, and he created us male and female, then the title God is plural, taken in both the male and the female. And though women aren't given the priesthood in this life, that does not mean that women do not share in priesthood power here and in the eternities. Elder M. Russell Ballard of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles taught, When men and women go to the temple, they are both endowed with the same power, which is, by definition, priesthood power. While the authority of the priesthood is directed through priesthood keys, and priesthood keys are only held by worthy men, access to the power and blessings of the priesthood is available to all of God's children. He continued. In our Heavenly Father's great priesthood-endowed plan, men have the unique responsibility to administer the priesthood, but they are not the priesthood. Men and women have different but equally valued roles. Just as a woman cannot conceive a child without a man, so a man cannot fully exercise the power of the priesthood to establish an eternal family without a woman. In other words, in the eternal perspective, both the procreative power and the priesthood power are shared by husband and wife. Where does life come from? Life comes unto this earth through women, And where does eternal life come from? It comes through the atonement of Jesus Christ and through the ordinances that are administered by properly ordained priesthood holders. Women are the yang to the men's yin. We have different responsibilities, but we share in the priesthood power. Both are needed to make an eternal whole. Therefore, just as there is priesthood for men, there will be priesthood for women. As there will be kings, there will also be queens. As there will be gods, there will also be goddesses. It If this seems to be a new concept to you, pray about it and get your own testimony of it. Women are not behind men in anything. they are equal partners in all that is holy and eternal. And all this information about translation holds true for women, just as it does as much as it does for men. Section. Does translation pertain to you? We must ask ourselves this quintessential question. Could I be translated one day to fulfill a particular role in the end-time sequence of events? Are we not awakening incrementally to a greater awareness of the missions that we signed up for prior to birth? Remember, translation is always more a matter of readiness than it is of worthiness. We know this because the Lord does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Through the grace of the Lord and his holy atonement we are sanctified and cleansed for any and all imperfections but readiness is always the greatest factor for those who are awakening to their true identities and the call to prepare themselves for full-time service of the lord in various end-time scenarios if you are getting feelings urgings and inspiration to learn more do more or prepare for more it could very well be in response to the covenants you made before this life and the missions you need to fulfill section transfiguration is not translation let's not confuse transfiguration with translation transfiguration is a temporary change which permits the individual to stand in the presence of god transfiguration primarily occurs so we can withhold or withstand beholding the full glory of god perhaps the most thrilling example of a temporary transfiguration is the experience of moses which is relayed to us in june 1830 by joseph smith Moses was caught up in the spirit upon an exceedingly high mountain where he saw God face to face, talked with God, and was able to endure the presence of him because he had been transfigured. God explained to Moses that he would not be able to comprehend the vastness and endless of His cre- endlessness of his creations. The one thing he did show Moses was this world for which he and all of us were created. It took some time before Moses could recover from the physical, spiritual, and emotional experience subsequent to his transfiguration in the flesh, as was recorded in Moses one, nine through eleven. And the presence of God withdrew from Moses, that his glory was not upon Moses, and Moses was left unto himself, and as he was left unto himself he fell unto the earth on, unto the earth. And it came to pass that it was for the space of many hours before Moses did regain. No, again receive his natural strength like unto man. And he said unto himself, Now for this cause I know that man is nothing, which thing I never would have supposed. But now mine eyes have beheld God, but not my natural, but my spiritual eyes. For my natural eyes could have beheld, for I um, should have withered and died in his presence. But his glory was upon me, and I beheld his face, for I was transfigured before him. The white glow of the transfiguration of Moses rem- remained with him for a period of time, as is portrayed in the following account from 2 Corinthians 3, 7. But if the manifest manifestation of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Most of us are already familiar with the wonderful story of how Jesus was temporarily transfigured in the presence of Peter, James, and John, with his face shining brightly before them, in a great white light matthew 17 1 through 5 reads and after six days jesus taketh peter james and john his brother and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart and was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun and his raiment was white as the light and behold there appeared unto them moses and elias talking with him then appear or answered peter and said unto jesus lord is it good for us to be here if thou wilt let us Make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. During the year 34 AD, after the death and resurrection of Christ, and the destruction of the lands of America, the Lord visited his people here in the Americas. Some of the words he spoke to them were so penetrating and sacred that they were forbidden to record his words. But Jesus and the angels continued to minister to the people right up until the point of transfiguration. During this glorious time, the humble disciples of Jesus were transfigured so they could remain there with him, absorbing the unspeakable love and splendor of Christ as he blessed them beyond measure. This astonishing account is found in 3 Nephi 19.25. And it came to pass that Jesus blessed them as they did pray unto him, and his countenance did smile upon them, and the light of his countenance did shine upon them. And behold they were as white as the countenance and also the garments of jesus behold the whiteness thereof did exceed all the whiteness yea even there could be nothing upon the earth so white as the whiteness thereof historically the children of god have always been challenged to know christ personally and to speak with him face to face for every scriptural account of men walking and talking directly with christ while yet in the flesh there are many non-fiction histories of direct contact with deity which is made possible through a temporary transfiguration this doctrine of Christ is reinforced in a marvelous way in Doctrine and Covenants 67, 9 through 14, as follows. And that which is righteous cometh down from above, from the Father of lights. And again, verily I say unto you, that it is your privilege and a promise I give unto you that have been ordained unto this ministry, that inasmuch as you strip yourself from jealousies and fears and humble yourselves before me, for ye are not sufficiently humble. The veil shall be rent, and you shall see me, and know that I am, not with the carnal mind, neither with the natural mind, but with the spiritual for no man for no man has seen God at any time in the flesh except quickened by the Spirit of God. Neither can any natural man abide the presence of God, neither after the carnal mind. Ye are not able to abide the presence of God now, neither the ministering of angels, wherefore continue in patience until ye are perfected. Let not your minds turn back, and when ye are worthy, in mine own due time ye shall see and know that which was conferred upon you by the hands of my servant Joseph Smith junior, amen. The devil, in his crafty and deceitful ways, would have the children of men foster the belief that they cannot see God and walk and talk with him while yet in the flesh. The falsehood is perpetuated to neutralize the followers of Christ and to impede their progression from one level of enlightenment to another. The truest doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we, his children, are to come unto him both figuratively and literally. Prior to, during, and subsequent to the completion of the translation process, we will commune with the Lord while yet in the flesh. This is part of his plan for our personal ascension. We must come into his presence and become one with him in preparation for being introduced into the presence of the Father by him, to then become one with them. Thus, transfiguration and translation are both portions of the sacred template of personal ascension. Section: Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Be assured that among humble and guideless disciples, guileless disciples of Christ today, there are translated beings. Who are modern folks, like those of the days of old, and some of them are from the actual days of old. In the epistle of Paul we read, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Paul knew exactly of which he spoke, as he had personally been ministered to by angels. Would we know if a translator being was sitting next to us in Sunday school or visiting us in our homes? How are we to know the purpose for their visit, as they don't take time to visit us without a purpose? They won't reveal themselves unto us unless they are guided by the spirit to do so but if we are in tune with the spirit and know what to look for we can decipher when we are in their presence so what must we look for well it is simple it is impossible for a translated being to hide the perfect love of christ that lights up their eyes if we are discerning and ask of course they will shake our hand firmly smile and give us a newer more familiar name as translated beings, must introduce themselves to us, for it is contrary to the laws of heaven to deceive us. Section. Who goes where in the premillennial vortex? There are basically three options for each of us as we face leaving this earth. We can continue to live through the tribulation of mortal flesh with utter confidence that in in the time of the Lord we will be caught up and resurrected in the twinkling of an eye we can lay our bodies down and die as to the flesh. This mortal death is merely a separation of the body from the spirit, wherein the body is left behind and the spirit conveyed to spirit prison, a temporary holding area with certain restrictions until the time of resurrection. Or for the more righteous among us, among upon the physical death, the spirit is conducted upward toward the light into spirit paradise, which is also a temporary holding area, but with greater light and freedoms and very few imposed restrictions until the time of resurrection. If, however, we are translated into a higher physical dimension right while we are sojourning in the flesh of the telestial realm so that we will obtain the capacity to perform specific premillennial errands for Christ in preparation for his coming, we can obtain the opportunity to work out for ourselves through the grace of Jesus Christ and even better resurrection at the later appointed time. Those evil ones who rebelliously and defiantly de- nigh the christ and put the holy savior and redeemer to an open shameful crucifixion over and over again are relegated to a distant very cold place where no rays of light can reach them they are left in isolation with only the power given to them to think and rethink the misery of their options in endless torment section he that endures shall overcome all there are those among us now that will live in the tidal Nah. telestial flesh right up to and through the great tribulations they will live into the early days of the millennium in their telestial bodies only to be resurrected in the twinkling of an eye when they reach the age of a tree which is approximately a hundred years doctrine and covenant 63 quite a few different verses portray this in great detail nevertheless he that endureth in faith and doeth my will the same shall overcome and shall receive an inheritance upon the earth when the day of transfiguration shall come When the earth shall be transfigured, even according to the pattern, which was shown unto mine apostles upon the mount, of which account the fullness ye have not yet received, but unto him that keepeth my commandments, I give the mysteries of the kingdom, and the same be in him a well of living water, springing up into everlasting life. He that is faithful and endureth shall overcome the world. He that sendeth up treasures unto the land of Zion shall receive an inheritance in this world, and his works shall follow him, and also a reward in the world to come. Yea, and blessed are the dead that die in the Lord from henceforth. When the Lord shall come, the old things pass away, and all things become new. They shall rise from the dead, and shall not die after, and shall receive an inheritance before the Lord in that holy city. And he that liveth, when the Lord shall come, and hath kept the faith, blessed is he, nevertheless it is appointed unto him to die at the age of a man. Wherefore, children shall grow up until they become old, old old men shall die, and they shall not sleep in the dust, but they shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Wherefore, for this cause preached the apostles unto the world, uh, the resurrection of the dead. These things are the things that ye must look for. And speaking after the manner of the Lord, they are now nigh at hand and in a time to come, even the day of the coming of the Son of Man. And until that hour there will be foolish versions among the wise, and that hour cometh an entire separation of the righteous and the wicked. And in that day will I send mine angels to pluck out the wicked and cast them into an unquenchable fire. For this is a day of warning and not a day of many words. For I, the Lord am not to be mocked in the last days. Behold, I am from above, and my power lieth beneath. I am over all, and in all, and through all, and search all things, and the day cometh that all things shall be subject unto me. Behold, I am Alpha and Omega, even Jesus Christ. These things remain to overcome through patience that such may receive a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Otherwise, a greater condemnation. Amen. Section. The Lord's work continues into the seventh seal. Those who die the death as the ways... ...of this fallen world continue to live their lives either in spirit prison or spirit paradise, both of which encompass this planet. Those who have kept the faith to a greater degree are busily working from the other side of the veil in paradise to continue the good works of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Moreover, many of the righteous souls work under keys to the priesthood authority to bless and influence the lives of their friends, their neighbors, and especially their posterity who have remained behind. Still living in the flesh, blinded to the other dimensions that exist here... In many cases, they assist us in our specific missions which we have agreed to complete in these latter days, prior to the Lord's coming. Then there are those who live well enough into mortality to honor their gifts of agency and live up to their primordial four ordinations to become translated beings while yet in the flesh. This translation is a shifting from the telestial realm up and into the bodily format of a terrestrial dimension, which is a higher physical frequency and a higher dimension. Currently, all of us in varying dimensions coexist in the overlapping of the sixth and seventh seals correspondingly. I have mentioned great prophets who have been translated since Adam and Eve. There are only a few. The vast majority of translated beings that have been transformed in the last six millennia, which is 99% of them, are everyday mortals who will be identified and revealed in the future and in a time and place of the Lord's discretion. At the opening of the seventh seal, the Lord began to provide the gift of translation to a few, one by one, in quiet, obscure, and subtle places, and in times on, great, on the great continuum. Amazingly enough, as we are now in the year 2019, the number of individuals among us that are becoming translated beings is increasing exponentially. You may ask how anyone can know this. You ask what the source is. The only answer that can be given is that information is from heaven. Seek an answer for yourself. If you ask him in faith, the Lord will reveal it unto you. Section. The Church of the Firstborn is of the terrestrial order. Let me make this clear. I believe that the persons who pertain to the early foundational membership of the church, who are changed, charged with facilitating the transition from telestial to terrestrial, are members of the Church of the Firstborn. This is the last step prior to the formal organization of the Church of the Forsborn, although they there will be overlapping. Technically, the beginning is the moment when Michael passes the keys to Christ at Adam and Iaman. After this event, the organizing begins and is implemented by the Lord himself. However, it is not possible for those who have specific, special or specific missions to perform as directed by Christ himself to usher in the establishment of the Holy City of Zion in the Church of the Firstborn, without becoming translated beings, many among us are now being shown our roles in these exciting times with daylight visions and nighttime dreams. Those that are now awakening to these precious callings are endowed with both the privilege and the responsibility to go to the Father for clarification and additional detail regarding their own identities and the nature of their premillennial missions. Section A S K. It is appropriate to ask, Father, if these precious things pertain to you personally. A.S.K. ASK means to ask, seek, and knock. Remember, questions asked in faith are always answered. They, that which is requested in faith and by divine guidance is always granted in divine ways. What is your personal status with the Lord? If you haven't done so already, A.S.K. As we progress in our temporal and spiritual preparations toward fulfilling our end-time missions, it can be revealed to us that many, if not all, who enter into the millennium through the brilliant gate, are not just members of the church of the firstborn figuratively, but they are also no but they that they are also counted literally among the firstborn of our heavenly Father and Mother Section Calling an election made sure with the third and final ordination. As I explain the process of receiving the gift, the ordinance, and ordination, it is important to know that the ordination brings something else. It completes the translation process, which is ratified by all three of the members of the Holy Godhead in a way that is similar to the solidification and finalization of a priesthood ordinance when it receives ratification by the Holy Spirit of promise the recipient of the translation process is also the recipient of his or her calling and election which is to be made sure in most cases or no, in almost all cases the sister or brother had his calling and election made sure in the pre-mortal world prior to his or her birth having achieved a certain degree of exaltation already this is the difference between having and receiving at the specific time one's calling and election is reformalized when it is received in this formal life in this mortal life this is a precious gift, promise, and assurance that comes to the individual directly from Jesus Christ. It is never delegated to another. Having remained faithful and true, having overcome the world, having taken upon oneself all of the various merits of the atonement through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and having all blessing ordinances, ordinations, ratified by all three members of the Godhead, the name of the initiate is then written upon the palms of the hands of the Messiah. Christ then places the pierced portion of his hands directly on the forehead of the individual to seal him up to his own. This is the final step in sealing the recipient unto himself in the portion of the ascension process. One of the many purposes for receiving this exalting ordinance of being sealed in the forehead is to enable enable translated beings to identify, acknowledge, and recognize each other in marvelous ways as they continue forward in their step-by-step progression of ascension. Doctrine and Covenants 133.18 says, When the Lamb shall stand upon Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his Father's name written on their foreheads. Joseph Smith gives us an interpretation through the Lord of what John sees in the Revelations. The last book in the New Testament in Doctrine and Covenants 77.9. Question, what are we to understand by the angel ascending from the east? Revelation 7th chapter and 2nd verse, we are to understand that the angel ascending from the east is he to whom is given the seal of the living God over the 12 tribes of Israel. Wherefore, he crieth unto the four angels, having the everlasting gospel, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of God in their foreheads. And if ye will receive it, this is Elias, which was to come to gather together the tribes of Israel to restore all things. This is another reminder of the many signs of the times. Prior to the end-time destruction prophesied by many prophets, the Lord will already have called up his 144,000, and he will have completed their translation process, which is administering the ordination. Revelation 22.4 shows us that, "...and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads." Section, the raising of one's personal frequency will expedite the translation process. So why are we discussing the raising of one's frequency? I know that you are reading and asking what a frequency has to do with this whole business. Here is the first concept to understand. Raising one's personal frequency is preparation for receiving the gift of translation. It is both an art and a science. How do we know? We are to be taught by heaven. Mastering personal revelation is paramount. What is a personal frequency? Modern science quantifies vibration in terms of megahertz, which is a rate of oscillation. The Hertz was named after the scientists that discovered that that almost everything in nature has a specific frequency of vibration. Translation is a fourth or fifth dimension, so as one proceeds through the ascension process, one must increase his frequency. Personal frequency must be raised to enter portals. The frequency must be raised to a certain level in order to transition from telestial to terrestrial. Soul or spirit? Spirit or soul? This is the definition of the soul an entity known as the soul refers to when the body and spirit are unified or bound together the translation process gradual as it may occur in the telestial realm is the perfecting of the soul body and spirit until the frequency of the soul is high enough for christ to designate each of the translation candidates for the culmination of the ordination thus we are instructed by deity to focus on the tools which we are implementing in raising our personal frequencies both prior to and during the actual translation process. The art of translation is one thing. The science of translation is entirely another. As comparable to any other physical science experiment in or out of a formal laboratory, one's progression through translation is measurable. Energetic muscle testing is one of the many keys to our ability to measure our own level of progression or state of readiness up to and even through the translation process itself kinesiology can be unproductive at best and of harm to us at the worst there are those who are gifted mentors utilizing kinesiology is safest once we have been properly trained direct revelation is the best it is not uncommon to discover when muscle testing the level of one's translation progression to discover that our level of spiritual progression is more advanced than our state of temporal progression We know more spiritually than our body has learned how to master itself. Not to worry, this is normal. In most cases, for simplicity's sake, translation preparation is measured in megahertz in only two categories, or spiritual levels and physical levels. The standard for measurement is comprised of a scale of 100 points. However, with the investment of a little bit more personal time and energy, there are actually seven items that can be developed on the translation personal progression chart, which are measurable as follows spiritual, one through a hundred, mental, physical, emotional, intergenerational, energetic, and environmental. You are encouraged to check your own personal level of progression energetically or have someone else who has developed the skill of muscle testing check you on a regular basis so that you can be aware of your level of readiness at any given point in the translation process. There are at least four or more methodologies that are utilized in the world of energetic muscle testing let us not forget that our personal readiness for translation is always not sometimes more important than our personal level of worthiness may god bless your sincere efforts to research and discover his will for you section elevate yourself by and through the grace of christ make a plan and take action draw close to your redeemer purify your mind and body so his spirit can dwell within you what follows is a list of suggestions for increasing your personal frequency. Consecrate yourself and offer daily a full tithing of time and energies. In our modern world of intensity and business, we simply do not have time, and we must make time for him and time for ourselves each and every day without fail. Here's the math. We have 24 hours times 60 minutes, which is 100 1,440 minutes a day. A full tithe is 10%, which is 144 minutes, or two hours and 24 minutes. This precious time is a period of devotion, which is dedicated and performed as the Spirit directs in doing quality meditations, sincere prayers, searching, and researching specific topics in the Holy Scriptures and receiving and documenting personal revelations. Within the early stages of our preparations, we can hold a 40-day fast, which should be planned out in advance. The Savior's life is our finest example, and he is our best exemplar. He did a marvelous 40-day fast, and so can we. The 40-day fast is to be a turning point in our life, never to be forgotten. Consuming the proper electrolytes and base nutrients each day will provide us with the energy we need, even as manna from above, to sustain us for the duration of the 40-day self-consecration. Remember that between point A and point B is a pathway that can be accomplished when a plan is set forth by divine direction and confirmed by the Spirit. Learning, practicing, and perfecting the art of recording our daily conversations with God stands out significantly as we learn to come to the Lord. The veil is the thinnest at 3 a.m. Both the questions and the answers that we receive from deity are to be written down in an organized fashion so that they can be classified and referred back to and reviewed as needed oh that each of our homes had within it a designed cleansed, and dedicated temple room but if not at least a special chair where you go which can be converted into the most sacred place in our most frequented sacred space is not the holy of holies the most sacred room within the temple of god of course it is and our homes and the private little space where we converse from with god daily to be made equal to or even greater than the sacredness of the holy of holies absolutely Let us remember what begins with our recorded daily conversations with Christ in time leads to be encircled about in the arms of his love, the reception of all of the highest pre-designated blessings from him while yet in the flesh, consuming or communing with the Messiah face to face in the completion of the process of the translation process. To even utter what transpires at these elevated levels of our personal ascension processes is something that should be revealed only with great discretion as they are extremely sacred tearfully and filled with genuine gratitude we are brought to acknowledge before god that adequate words do not exist to express such reverent feelings devoted and consecrated periods of time set aside for meditations is vital in some cultures meditation is not taught as matter of tradition it is a skill which is acquired and the skills of proper meditation are improved and perfected by practice there are some instructors and in excellent books that address the subject well, but the finest guidance comes by way of personal revelation. There is a great power in devoted meditation. One day a week will be devoted to consecrated fasting. Each fast is to be exercised in all holiness with specific purposes for each that are placed at the feet of the Lord prior to and are consecrated at the conclusion. This should be a habitual method of growth and personal preparation until the person going through the translation process is instructed by the Lord himself on how to augment his or her methods of worshiping and improve the raising of their frequency. We must acquire new eating habits for consuming nutrients to give us energy. As we gradually shift from telestial to terrestrial, we learn to receive needful energy from the light of Christ and from the sun, or in other words, energy from the sun and the sun as well as from other sources in the earth and universe, as indicated by the angels of heaven. In Doctrine and Covenants section 89, read and study the Word of Wisdom. It is a primer for beginners to learn rudimentary basics. Eating processed sugars of any kind brings incremental disconnections from the Spirit of God. We must cease to consume meat altogether. Meat was provided to use for times of winter or famine, but these days, with food being readily available to us, the killing of animals for food is no longer a requirement to meet our body's nutritional needs. In terms of frequency, eating things that are dead are difficult to digest and they can lower our frequency, whereas eating living foods, such as fruits and vegetables, can purify us and raise our frequency. In short, consuming death brings death. By consuming life, it increases and improves life. President Marion G. Romney said, "We." We'll see the day when we live on what we produce. We should begin to the process of doing this now to purify our bodies. This is not intended to be an easy transition. The proverbial recipe on the box reads, cannot be done alone, miracles required. Every type of nutrient and even the proteins that we require will come from plants that God provides to us in his wisdom right up until the day that our translation process is completed, which brings a total end of our need to eat anything at all, any time at all. There is so much that is yet to be revealed on this subject, we are to press forward in faith as we receive marvelous responses to our faithful inquiries. Surely, this is one of the mysteries of godliness that we are very much intended to understand and receive it in glorious fullness. The pH level of both liquids and foods that we consume makes a huge difference in our well-being. Drinking of the living water cannot be overemphasized. Blessing the water prior to drinking it will not only purify the water, it will convert the water into living water. Drinking and or eating items with high levels of acidity erodes one's health and distances us gradually from the reception of the spirit. Consuming drinks that are highly alkaline raises our frequencies and strengthen our immune systems. You can help on... Oh, you can keep on hand little pH testing strips to see how balanced or imbalanced or how acidic or alkaline your drinks and food really are. This testing is revealing. Here again, there are so many scientific studies and books on the subject that finding a good one is not that difficult. Proper exercise is crucial. There is so much to say here. Can the aging process be reversed? Absolutely. Can we feel increasing energetic and healthy as we... Learn and implement the various methods of increasing our frequencies in preparation for the blessing of translation? Absolutely. The list goes on and on. Please forgive the limitations and inadequacies found in the abbreviated list. There are but a few examples of well proven methods for increasing our frequencies and rising to each stopping over place until that day of great fullness when Christ ushers us individually back into the presence of our holy parents, which in turn are his holy parents. This, then, is the template of exaltation established through the lineage of the Holy Fathers. Section The Decalcification and Activation of the Pineal Gland. One of the greatest keys of spiritual awakening and heightened spiritual awareness is the decalcification and activ- activation of the pineal gland. The pineal gland is a tiny, pine cone shaped gland that is the size of the grain of a rice. This crucial gland is located in the center of the human brain, directly behind the middle area of the forehead. There are those that speak of the pineal gland as being directly connected to the third eye. A healthy functioning pineal is essential for psychological development and various aspects of peak performance, including regenerative sleeping, decision-making, and general cognitive reality perception. The Word of Wisdom is a modern-day health code that was revealed in a specialized revelation from God to Joseph Smith the prophet at Kirtland, Ohio, February 27, 1833. Long before modern scientists were aware of the multitude of critical factors in physical health, however, even from the onset, the Lord clarified for the people that obedience to this word of wisdom was to bring forth both temporal and spiritual blessings. The word of wisdom comprises the entire section 89 of the Doctrine and Covenants, and the commentary on this revelation is expansive. For our purposes here and now, we present only the fourth out of 21 verses of DNC 89, Behold, verily, thus saith the Lord unto you, in consequence of evils and designs which do and will exist in the hearts of conspiring men in the last days, I have warned you and forewarned you by giving you this word of wisdom by revelation. As God has the past, the present, and the future before him at all times, the Lord was fully aware that in the last days, days of great opulence and scientific advancement, that conspiring businessmen would manipulate the world of medicine to maximize their profits and earnings. He knew that chemists would successfully replicate natural herbs, making them into almost identical synthetic chemicals, forming what we refer to as modern-day pharmaceutical cartels that rake in billions of dollars in annual sales. The Geneva Convention was a series of international diplomatic conferences that produced a series of agreements, or particular mention, humanitarian law of armed conflicts. The agreements originated in 1864, but conventions were held in 1906 and 1929, culminating in a significant update in the 1949, after the close of World War II in 1945. There were more than one million fatalities in World War I from the use of toxic chemical gases. Perhaps the deadliest gas was chlorine, which was introduced in 1915. Some of these deadly World War I chemicals, such as fluoride and chlorine, are in common use in our modern society today. Why is this a concern? In a world of international social engineering and manipulation of the masses, there is more stratagems being implemented to increase the manipulability of the public than clearly meets the eye. Fluoride is in the public water supply, and various uses of chlorine are some of the most effective tools in use that serve to calcify and block the proper functioning of the pineal gland. For example, more fluoride is used in the public water system of the United States than in the entire remainder of the countries of the world combined. A massive amount of documentation is to be found on the World Wide Web that those that are interested can search under decalcification of the pineal gland and activation of the pineal gland, etc. May God bless your sincere research. This is a vital key to personal awakening and ascension. Section the gland of regeneration enhancement of bodily functions is key to personal ascension 675 g sharp is the key in the key of c is the frequency for the activation of the gland of regeneration if your personal piano is properly tuned this may very well be the single most important aspect of accelerating the physical changes related to reversing the aging process and catapulting the translation process. There are ways to reverse the aging process and become most and become almost immortal, but not yet resurrected. Ten, <laughs> translation is the state between mortality and becoming a fully resurrected being. In modern times, the gland of regeneration is the size of a small marble and is located just below the kidney to on the right side toward the back. In ancient times the gland of regeneration was the size of a tennis ball. A large, fully activated gland of regeneration was the primary, but not not the only factor in the youthful, high-energy, regenerative state that was maintained by the pre-Diluvian patriarchs. Adam lived to be 930 years of age. Seth lived the age of 912. The lifespan of Enos was 905. Canaan, 910. Mahalel, 895. Jared, the father of Enoch, lived to be 962. Enoch died an instantaneous death as he was immediately reborn into the state of translation, but some records show him living for 365 years prior to beginning his translation process. Methuselah, the son of Enoch, lived to be 969 years of age. Lamech passed away at the age of 777. Noah lived for several hundred years after the flood and died at the age of 950. The human kidney is shaped like a kidney bean or should we say the kidney being is shaped more like the human kidney. The kidneys are organs that are located in the upper abdominal area against the back. Kidneys have a crucial role in filtering, regulating, and balancing our blood as it circulates through this organ several times per day. As important as properly functioning kidneys are to our general health, there is a tiny little relatively unknown gland in front of the right side kidney that is even more crucial to the advancement than the kidney that surrounds it. These, no, There are those who refer to this little gland as the gland of regeneration. We intend to provide additional information on this subject in a later edition. Our challenge to the reader is to explore the different ways of activating this gland so that it will rise up to its fullest capacity. In our physical transformative process, our energy level will increase dramatically, we will require less sleep, and our food consumption decreases. In our fallen state, the blood turns red as it is oxygenated and is circulated by the heart, but in our territorialized state, it is an enriched white fluid that is circulated. The reversal of the aging process is intended to bring men back into peak performance state of approximately 28 years, and it is to bring women back to a prime state of approximately 32 years of age. In a future edition, it is our hope and our intent to introduce more information on the following subjects. The Word of the Tree of Life, no, the World of the Tree of Life, activation of all 64 codons in the human physiology, the benefits of monoatomic ormus, uh, ethereum gold, advanced nutrition for ascension, altering and interpreting personal auras, H3O in the living water, advanced healing modalities such as EMDR, eye movement desensitization uh, desensitization and reprogramming, maximization of internal conductivity, metabolic med beds, crystalline healing chambers, generational DNA modification, cerebral supplements and awakening the genius within, transitioning from carbon 12 and carbon 7 states to pure plasma, physicality and dimension shifting, Implementation of breatharianism. <laughs> what is that word? Breatharianism. Breathenarianism <laughs> Sorry, that's a weird one. Another key to the terrestrialization of the body is the activation of all 64 codons in the body. This, The book on the subject may or may not be written yet, but this is vital nonetheless. H3O is the physical composition of living water. This is vital. Again, the huge amount of information is about to come forth regarding the drinking of living water. (laughs) I hate this word too. Utilizing hoopoopono is the key for personal ascension. Hoopoopono is the Hawaiian practice of reconciliation and forgiveness, the Hawaiian word to reach this state, which Lynn calls self I identity through hohopopono, including using the mantra, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you for. Section. Key points and ideas to facilitate the full activation of the gland of regeneration. Out with the bad. Release one's own negative emotions. Release anyone's negative emotions that you're holding in. Generational clearing, reset of mental patterns that do not serve us, clear low-frequency thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, Clear out all low-frequency spiritual baggage. Detox the body, especially the colon and the liver. And in with the good. Be cautious and prayerful about what foods to eat, focusing on fresh and alkalizing foods. Be cautious and prayerful about what you drink, with the objective to drink alkaline water while avoiding acidic drinks. Breathe in deeply, well-oxygenated air. Sleep soundly. Prayerfully set up exercise patterns. Foot zoning, focusing on the gland of regeneration points. Mastery over the thought patterns. Question the thoughts and reformulate the thoughts and interpretations. Vibrational frequency. Create new patterns for implementing the 675 G sharp. Utilizing all types of stones, including seer stones and many other special stones, as directed by the spirit. Utilizing the proper essential oils. Zero point devices. Deer exercise. Liver dumber exercise develop new patterns for love and gratitude which are the highest frequencies of all section what seeking a better resurrection has to do with being translated paul talks about a better resurrection in hebrews eleven thirty-five, thirty-nine, 39 and 40. women received their dead raised to life again and others were tortured not accepting deliverance and they might obtain a better resurrection and these all having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise god having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Christ himself was the very first in the world to be resurrected, and unlike the resurrection of Christ, there was no such thing as a better resurrection. Seeking a better resurrection is the very essence of translation and becoming a translated being while yet in the telestial world. Joseph Smith explains, Hebrews uh, 11 35, 39, and 40. Now it was evident that there was a better resurrection, or else God would not have revealed it unto Paul. Wherein, then, it can be said that there is a better resurrection, this distinction is made between the doctrine of the actual resurrection and translation. Translation obtains deliverance from the tortures and sufferings of the body, but their existence will prolong as to the labors and toils of ministry, before they can enter into so great a rest and glory. Joseph Smith examined the passage of Hebrews 11 5-6 where it describes that God translated Enoch by Enoch's faith and that God had ple- that Enoch had pleased God without faith it is impossible to please God the scripture continues and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him Now the doctrine of translation is a power which belongs to this priesthood, Joseph Smith said. Many have supposed that this doctrine of translation was a doctrine whereby men were taken immediately into the presence of God and into eternal fullness, but that is a mistaken idea. Their place of habitation is that of the terrestrial order, and a place prepared for such characters he held in reserve to be ministering angels unto many planets, and who, as yet, have not entered into so great a fullness as those who are resurrected from the dead." As is confirmed from the words of Joseph and other sources, the jurisdiction of translated beings extends well beyond the borders of this earth as they exercise with authority from Christ keys from both within and of the high orders of the patriarchal priesthood. Everyone, without exception, even telestial beings and sons of perdition, obtain a resurrection. It takes place in less than one second. This is why the prophets use the term in the twinkling of an eye. Translation, on the other hand, is reserved for a very select few who have very specific foreordained missions to perform while yet in the flesh prior to their resurrection in glory during the morning of the first resurrection. Being different from resurrection, translation is a process by becoming a fully vested translated being, reaching one's full capacity. It may take weeks, months, and even years to be accomplished based on varying circumstances. These are they who were never destined from the foundation of the world to go back into the world of spirits after their mortal probation. These are they for whom the only death that they had ever experienced is an instantaneous and painless one that occurs at the same moment in which they are resurrected from the translated state. Prophets of old, with the exception of those who pertain to the cities of Enoch and Melchizedek, who were translated prior to the resurrection of the Lord in the year 34 AD, were resurrected with him at the time of his resurrection on the third day. They received greater powers over the elements, which provide the translated beings with capacities to fulfill missions for the Lord, even amidst the adversities of the devils and every imaginable hellish combination the world can throw at them. There does not appear to be any foreseeable need for translation during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, except this gift might be utilized by the Lord for training purposes for those in the ascension process." However, in our 11th hour, there is an ever-increasing demand for translation and translated beings as they have very specialized roles to play in pre-millennial events. Section Vanguard Groups in the 144,000 In this, the last era of translation for this earth, there are two basic groups of translated beings. This information has been revealed from heaven. The first group is called the pointmen and women. They are referred to as the tip of the spear or vanguard groups, the first wave, or the initial gathering of the gatherers. The second group is the remaining balance of the 144,000. The pointman is a military term. For example, in the Air Force, squadrons of fighter jets are trained to fly out in formation that is shaped like a V, with a pointman at the very front of the V and wingmen behind the first fighter jet and to either side. In the Marines and Army, ground troops are sent out in V formations, with their courageous leader taking a position at the tip of the V, the spear, with the men he is commanding a distance behind him on either side of the point man. With all this militaristic jargon, the specialized ordinance applies to women as much as it does to men, as some of the sisters among us are spiritual warriors of the highest order and have been anointed to one day become queens in the realm of the Most High, or Elohim. Each of these groups have missions during the end times and will be positioned throughout the world to do the Lord's bidding as we fight the forces of evil. Approximately 2,000 years ago, the Lord sent, set apart two different quorums of 12 apostles, one in the area of Jerusalem, the east, and the other in the area of Bountiful, the west. In both cases, prior to ascending to the Father, the Master opened an opportunity to all of them to seek a special blessing of him as a pre-departure endowment. In the East, 11 of the 12 requested to go home quickly after completing earthly toil. This left John the Beloved to become a translated being as he sought continually to bring souls to Christ. In the New World, 9 of the 12 requested a speedy return home for their rest. But the three Nephites chose the same glories as John the Beloved to remain behind as translated beings, fulfilling specific missions for the Lord. In both cases, the Lord stated that all of his beloved disciples were blessed, but those who chose a more difficult and arduous path, self-sacrificing for sure, would be more blessed. If this is the case, then what message is being sent to those who are now awakening to their own foreordained callings? Section No Training Manual Teaches You How to Become Translated I believe that a great desire to assist in the last days, a deep love for the Savior, and a strong impression that you have a mission to perform in the Lord's coming events could open a door for translation in your life. Let me be clear, there is no such thing as a basic training manual entitled, How to Become a Translated Being. Tutelage is the norm in teaching the higher ways of translated beings, even as they are progressing. One ongoing lesson is learning how to invite celestial light to enter the body through the crown chakra at the top of the head. In fact, there are many methods of increasing one's frequency and in time of implementing into one's life the necessary activity so one can vibrate at higher and higher megahertz. More than 80% of the mentoring for initiates is performed by the citizens of the holy city of Enoch. They have been practicing the ways of higher or orders that they learned through mentorship programs for the last several millennia. The other portion, or less than 20% of modern day translation mentorship, is provided by residents of the holy city of Melchizedek, along with translated beings mentioned in both the Bible and the Book of Mormon such as Alma, John, Elijah, Moses, and the three Nephites. For every translated being that is mentioned in canonized scripture, there are even more who are never mentioned at all. This preserves their anonymity and hides from the spiritually unprepared world the sacred nature of what is transpiring in an ascension process. Section Translated Beings Establish Cities of Light. Imagine a small portion of Mother Earth, perhaps what we know today as the Gulf of Mexico, being transported up into the vast cosmos above us, there to be reshaped and expanded into a more spherical orb. This new, smaller planet, with its location unknown to most of us, was established by the Father under the direction of Jesus Christ to serve as a temporary home planet that exists in a higher dimension, material frequency, to house both the noble members of the cities of Enoch and Melchizedek as neighbors on the same mini-planet. The city of Enoch, with four million people, neighbors with the city of Melchizedek, a smaller populace above Earth. From these two holy cities, the Lord directs small groups to depart from their highly evolved terrestrial planet and establish organized cities of light on Idumea, this Mother Earth, from which they have been taken off long ago to avoid drowning in the great flood this separated them from the billions of demons and dark creatures other brothers and sisters who were to inhabit this fallen celestial world the world uh, the lord has carefully and intentionally placed these terrestrial communities in locations around the world a higher concentration of them exists west of the north american continental divide all the way from alberta canada down through the rocky mountains and into the northern portions of arizona Dozens of small places of refuge are being developed, harboring thousands of terrestrial beings, all of whom reside very happily, fulfilling their foreordained destiny while they are invisible to us. I ask you to use your spiritual eyes and recognize the many among us who are now awakening to their true identity, identities, diligently expanding their capacities and raising their frequencies subsequent to the reception of their initial translation, Blessing. At a certain point in their progression, once their frequency is deemed to be adequately high, translated personages from a city of light near where they live open up a portal or tunnel of Christ light through which the advancing candidate is invited to pass, as he or she walks into the Enoch colony, which has been designated as his or her venue for translation mentorship. An initiate will spend three to five weeks of personalized training in higher ways at this location before... New friends will return him or her through the same portal, back to the very place one was standing at the time of interdimensional transport. The mentors will depart from the initiate, leaving an assurance of the next reunion, excusing themselves from him or her with a holy kiss and a godly embrace. As the penetrating light from the portal subsides with the closing of its entrance, the initiate will look around and recognize familiar celestial surroundings. Only gratitude to our Heavenly Father and Mother for this heavenly experience will be felt, and the initiate may look down at his or her wristwatch and notice that they have been absent for three to five seconds. Hopefully, this new candidate can pick up where he or she left off in the mortal sojourn, but they will never be the same. They will carry in their hearts a newfound expansive knowledge of the universe and God's ways, and imparted to them will be a greater degree of celestial light. I would say that the embers of the Flame of Gratitude will not subside and will never be extinguished again. Section. Spiritual warriors will learn the art of invisibility, the use of portals, and obtain mastery over time and space. The spiritual warriors of the first wave will never successfully accomplish their missions without acquiring spiritual gifts to master time and space, the elements, and to defy the armies of darkness. There will be extensive mentoring sessions presented by more advanced terrestrial beings in the arts of... And then there's like a ton pages of bullet points. So, yeah, I'll, I'll say bullet point before each one, because some of them are big, some of them are small. Bullet point interdimensional and interplanetary travels at speeds, which exceed 20 times the speed of light. These are travel velocities that exceed 3,720 miles per second. This of course is a basic portion of the mentorship programs for newly translated beings bullet point journeying to fulfill missions as assigned to each of us by the lord in vastly extended jurisdictions within the parameters of the patriarchal priesthood which include other solar systems universe uh, <laughs> universes galaxies foreign principalities dominions and realms while simultaneously serving those of the home jurisdiction idumea bullet point providing physical prayerful and energetic support to the davidic servant and the matriarch of the Church of the Firstborn as they now commence their vital leadership roles as they lead out on to the front lines of the most amazing battles ever to be fought in the history of the world. Remember them. Oh, remember them in your par- powerful prayers, my brothers and sisters. Why? Because fighting together as a team, they constitute the opposite end of the spectrum from the Latter-day Antichrist and the Dark Lords and the inner council that hold the world in a merciless death grip. With total solidarity fighting under this mighty banner of the King of Kings, we shall yet prevail. Sing aloud and evermore. Praise God the Almighty. Mere words will never and could never suffice. Bullet point. Utilizing mastery over time, space, energy, and matter in the service of the Holy One of Israel. Bullet point. Gaining unlimited access to the eighth chakra, which is the record banks of the Akasic aka SHIC records of god bullet point mastering of cognizance of past present and future simultaneously bullet point powerful telepathy in the language and symbols and intricate images of god and the holy fathers the adamic language bullet point mastery of the wielding of the 12 swords of god bullet point gaining heightened pre- perception in 360 degrees in all directions simultaneously, seeing through objects and perceiving time and space in every conceivable direction simultaneously. Bullet point: Mastering the use of personal portals and universal portals for many purposes and functions in Zion, including time travel and teleportation. Bullet point: Mastering the readings of the concentric rings of God. Bullet point placing fields of protection and great power around groups and individuals. These are fortresses of light that encompass about in every direction. To call down a column or a globe of light to come down from heaven to encircle individuals and groups as is necessary, this is a portion of the keys and powers of the ordained holiest. Bullet point, serving special missions to heal the sick physically, emotionally, and spiritually in all parts of the world. Bullet point, the receiving of the ordinance of the placement of the red robe of righteousness, along with his accompanying keys that pertain to one's calling as a savior on Mount Zion to his or her personal family, along with whatever portion of the flock that the Lord may assign to us to be included within the boundaries or scope of our provisional jurisdiction. Bullet point, using seer tones... Phones, maybe stones and other spiritual tools and weapons for a wide variety of purposes as latter-day warriors for Christ. These gifts pertain to all those who are members of the church of the firstborn bullet point calling upon entire legions of holy angels as necessary for defending the saints of God and fulfilling his purposes on earth. There is no limitation with regard to the number of angels that can be called down to fulfill specific purposes. They awaited instructions from those who hold and exercise the keys of the appropriate orders of the holy priesthoods of God. Bullet point, setting at defiance the armies of nations and countless demons and demon lords. Bullet point, honing and exercising the powers of cerebral simultaneous interdimensionality. (laughs) There's so many new words here. Bullet point, officiating in the global gathering of the lords gatherers. This means in part facilitating both the awakening and the training of those who pertain to the church of the firstborn and the various ordinations, callings, and offices therein. Bullet point, neutralizing the forces and the strategies of the many families of the dark nobilities. Bullet point, using individualized Urim and including accessing the powers in the fully activated pineal gland and the hypothalamus, utilizing the full spectrum of power of the third eye to fully open the channels of DC, direct connect with Christ and with Father. Bullet point, mastery of the use of the staffs and the scepters of God. Bullet point, Gathering and transporting the oppressed and afflicted from all corners of the globe to cities of Zion, cities of refuge and recovery and rejuvenation, as directed by the Lord. Bullet point, commanding the earth to swallow up hordes of militarized demons that march against celestial saints, and converting evil armies and their equipment into gray dust because of their unwillingness to mend their ways and turn to the light. This may, at times, as directed by the Spirit, be associated with the doctrine of the dissolution of spirits bullet point, corroboration, and serving side by side during the tribulation era and on into the millennium under the direction of the Lord of hosts, which individual saints that pertain to the various groups of the seven archangel extensions on both sides of the veil, namely the correct, in the correct heavenly and earthly order, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, Uriel, Sarakiel, Raquel, and Ariel." May God grant our heartfelt desire for an entire book on this subject to come forth in the light someday in the near future. Bullet point, practicing for full personal gamma downloads to cerebrally absorb, comprehend, and retrain the contents of entire books in mere seconds. Bullet point, leading entire groups of lost civilizations, i.e. lost ten tribes of Israel from their places of refuge above, on and beneath the earth to Zion or cities of light as directed by the Lord. Bullet point, the calling forth, organizing, and mentorship of the 144,000 as they become fully translated beings. Bullet point, ministering to the 144,000 high priests and to their spouses, which consists of an entire 288,000 individuals that comprise the combined sum of this group, all of whom are fully vested translated beings. Bullet point, receiving a fullness of joy while yet in the flesh, except for compassion and empathy for the pains and sufferings of those who remain ensnared, in the natural consequences and effects of the sins of this world bullet point application and implementation of not some but all of the various merits of the atoning sacrifice of the redeemer of the world bullet point exercising power over one's own life and death having been authorized by the lord to do so as part of the keys of the priesthood granted unto translated terrestrialized beings bullet point performing special missions to reverse strategies of the dark agenda and further the objectives of the armies of god Bullet point, serving in multiple functions, assignments, callings, and organizations within the structure of the Millennial Church of the Firstborn. C. O. T. F. B. Bullet point, corroborating with and providing support to the quorum of the 4 and 20 elders above the veil, as well as the quorum of the 4 and 20 elders beneath the veil. See Revelation 4, 4 and 10. Also, D. N. C. 77, 5 bullet point the granting and or restoration of not some but all of the gifts of the spirit only a few of the gifts of the spirit are outlined in the 12th chapter of first corinthians the 46th section of doctrine and covenants and in the 10th and final chapter of the book of moroni please make a note that this 10th chapter of moroni is not just the last chapter of the book of moroni significantly it is also the final chapter in the entire book of mormon bullet point being perpetually shielded from the fiery darts and the grasp of lucifer the many satans demons unclean spirits and various dark creaturelings that stealthily adhere to our adhere to our inner organs and our inner bones as if by velcro in their many shapes dark colors and forms bullet point exercising all of the many uses of personal portals and universal portals for interdimensional travel and the transporting gathering of souls from all over the planet to places of Zion's refuge, all of these missions being conducted under the direct supervision of the Messiah, the Lord of Lords. Bullet point, administering in the ordinance of the raising of the dead and in part the invoking of the power of the four winds. Bullet point Mastering the art of disguise, appearing to groups and individuals, uh, always appearing to them in a form that they will recognize while fulfilling assignments from the master. Bullet point Preparing militarily to quash the universal rebellion of Lucifer and his minions and troops throughout strategic spiritual warfare, culminating with a total victory under Michael at the Battle of Gog and Magog at the end of the millennium. Similarly, fighting valiantly together, we the saints also prevail at the Battle of Armageddon at the beginning of the millennium. Bullet point, bringing forth the holy orders of the priestesshood during the millennial reign of Christ, advancing through both the apostolic order as well as the patriarchal order of the holy priesthood of God and practicing in the keys thereof under the direction of the Lamb of God himself. Bullet point, the introduction of, unveiling of, the holy order of Shule, S-H-U-L-E. Bullet point, the re-establishment on earth during the reign of the millennial Messiah of the holy orders of the divine feminine, which are equal to the holy orders of the divine masculine. Bullet point, mastering the art of cloaking, which is invisibility, shifting from one dimension to another at will. Bullet point, the twelve progressive hierarchies of angels. These orders exist for the purposes of the progressive exaltation of the entire house of Israel. An angel is an anointed servant of God that fulfills a specific function towards helping all within the Lord's jurisdiction and dominion fill the full measure of their creation. In order, thrones, archangels, seraphim, cherubim, dominions, virtues, principalities, guardians, comforters, powers, planetary, animals. Bullet point 675 G sharp in the key of C is the frequency for the activation of the gland of regeneration. If the piano is properly tuned... This particular methodology, which pertains to the physical aspects of the translation process, may be the most vital means of accelerating the transformative changes in the body. Bullet point properly applied (laughs) breatharianism is a terrestrial principle, as we learn, largely through applied mentorship, how to derive all of the strength and energy that we may need from celestial light, deep breathing, drinking of living waters, H3O, and consumption of prana, different forms of mana. Our dependence upon telestial sources of strength and energy are diminished to the point at which they are no longer needed at all. Bullet point, there are a total of seven distinct ways to measure one state of translation, terrestrialization, progression. Typically, but not always, our status is measured on a frequency in megahertz, scale of one through a hundred. The list of measurable aspects of translation are as follows. One, spiritual, two, physical, Three mental, four emotional, five intergenerational, six energetic, and seven environmental. Bullet point Approximately 14 million sons and daughters of God living on this earth have been translated since the days of Adam, Eve, Seth, Enos, Kenan, Mahalil, Jared, and Enoch over the expanse of many millennia since the days of the pre Diluvian patriarchs. 99% of those have completed the translation process, have been taken up from this earth, and moved by Christ Himself to other locations. In the sacred cosmos that are vibrating at a higher frequency and are located much closer to the core planets traditionally only 1% of those who have been completing their process of bodily terrestrialization have been called by the Lord to remain behind here on earth bullet point this provision uh, provisional relocation process facilitates a shift from this third dimension telestial state up to the paradisiacal terrestrial dominion in the eighth and ninth dimensions Bullet point, from mid-2018 on through the end of the year 2020, approximately 3,600 souls that pertain to this home jurisdiction completed their translation process. Bullet point, at the beginning point of the year of our Lord, 2021, 47% of those being translated are being called by the Lord to stay behind on this earth, while 53% of those completing the translation process are now being directed by him to temporarily relocate up into various terrestrial dominions of the sacred cosmos to await further light and instructions bullet point we now find ourselves in a total chiasmatic reversal in that over the next few years 99% of those who are completing the translation process will be remaining here on this earth rather than being transported to abide within the terrestrial realms of the sacred cosmos Bullet point, as we proceed into 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024, and 2025, the numbers of currently earthbound mortals who are to be the recipients of the ordinances and ordinations of translation in accordance with their obedience to their primordial foreordinations, ordinations will increase exponentially. In the here and now, hundreds of souls are being terrestrialized. In the very near future, thousands will ascend to this next level of their personal progression proceedings. Then, quickly in the rush of the whisperings of the four winds, tens of thousands will be translated as they are lifted up by the Lord Himself, marked in their foreheads, and claimed as His own. With the accompanying pronouncement from the Lord, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Bullet point. In the year 2001, the Lord began to bring back down from the various locations in the sacred cosmos a number of cities of light, which have been and are being placed in many locations all over this world to play their role in the facilitating of their transitioning from the terrestrial up into the terrestrial. In all things, at times, we refer to the communities of, as Enoch colonies or Melchizedek colonies. Among other things, this is a portion of the fulfillment of the ancient prophecies regarding the latter-day establishment of Zion, both in the Old Jerusalem in ancient Israel as well as New Jerusalem in the North American continent near what today is known as Independence, Missouri. Bullet point, the New Jerusalem is the primary place from which the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, will rule and reign throughout the 1,000 years of paradisiacal millennium. It is the center place for terrestrialized beings and the centerpiece for the Holy City, which houses the temple complex. A wagon wheel which is comprised of the 25 temples of the Most High with a celestial teardrop temple of the millennial Messiah as the center hub. Bullet point, Final bullet point. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Adam on Adam is not just a name for the first man. It is a position, a divine calling, a heavenly ranking, a series of titles and sacred roles. He who sits, the Ancient of Days, the Archangel Michael, the Possessor of Keys, the Chief Mantle of he who brings forth the ways of heaven, Patriarch of the Initial Dispensation, etc., etc. Adam on Diamond is not just the most special place on the surface of the entire ancient world and the entire surface of the modern world, it is one of the most sacred phrases that is uttered in the realms. Though it may be a bit lengthy, perhaps one of the best translations for Adam al from the pure and perfect Adamic language of the gods into the meagerness and imperfections of the English language would be, Adam, O most holy man of God, sent down by the Elohim to exercise priesthood, dominion and utter righteousness, sojourning the means of the cyclic." Template of the most holy fathers returns now back into the the holy presence of the Elohim from whence he previously condescended. There will be mentoring sessions in which these terrestrial beings will teach the students about how to move mountains, alter the course of rivers, and open the earth to swallow up entire armies of the devilish dark lords. The teachers will teach how to command the spirits. Of evil men to remove themselves from their mortal bodies to go to that spirit prison without further ado, their bodies will simply fall lifeless to the ground as they obey forthwith, so as to protect some, while preventing the dark souls and other dark entities from heaping additional condemnations upon themselves. These translated servants of God will learn to cover themselves with a temporary cloak of invisibility so that they can walk through the mists of their enemies undetected. They will be given the capacity of placing bubbles of protection over sacred buildings, holy places, and various groups of the Latter-day Children of Light, so that they remain untouched by earthquakes, violent hurricanes, and the advances of sworn enemies of Christ. The Lord himself personally promises newly translated beings that they will be given various gifts of the Spirit on an as-needed basis. In the process of ascension, the day will come in which all the various gifts of the Spirit will be fully vested and in use by those who have made a conscious personal choice that they want it all, as per the oath and covenant of the priesthood. This is not just the having, but also encompasses the becoming of all that God is and has. However, in keeping with tradition, translated beings utilize different gifts of the Spirit as needed for them to arise based on what is required of them to fulfill their assignments. Section. Gifts of the Spirit are to be presented to the faithful. I am grateful for three distinct lists of the various gifts of the Spirit with which the Lord has provided us. These gifts are presented to the faithful for specific purposes in God. These glorious gifts come to each individual by the Spirit of Christ himself. To each of us is presented at least one gift with the accompanying expectation and invitation that we will develop more gifts until the day that we are blessed with a fullness of them. During the process of experiencing the gift, ordinance, and ordination, it is not uncommon for a newly translated being to receive a promise from the Lord himself that he or she is, in time, to joyfully be endowed with all of the gifts of the Spirit, even the many which are not listed in the canonized standard works. One can understand that there are twelve different levels of terrestrial planetary systems, most of which serve God with unwavering dutifulness, and diligence agency is never taken away from the individual these are advanced means of light each of which are fully aware of their freedom agency personal inalienable right to determine their own destiny and to which level of light and glory that they should obtain father allows them to aspire to whatever degree of light power and knowledge that they so desire in alignment with their willingness to sacrifice and honor the covenant pathway of progression As established in the present pattern for eons of generations of the Holy Fathers and the Holy Mothers. Section The Holy Temple, the Throne of Christ, and the Wings of the Seraphims. In chapter 6 of Isaiah, he sees the Lord Jesus Christ. His sins are forgiven. He is called to prophesy. Presenting an interpretation of verses 1 through 3 In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each of, had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The seraphim stage is a level of covenant ascension in ancient Israel as well as in modern times. As mortal beings, which have been foreordained to be ordained to the higher orders of the holy priesthood, progress to terrestrial sphere or dimension they acquire terrestrialized bodies with certain powers or personal qualities that are described here in the vision of isaiah we pray for the spirit of discernment as we present our interpretation of the three sets of wings that adorn the seraphim who stand at the throne of god the first set of wings with 20 covered his face meaning when it becomes expedient to do so the angels or terrestrialized beings cloak themselves and become invisible to those that are not intended to sense their presence as they perform their specific tasks under the direction of the messiah with twain he covered his feet the second set of wings meaning the power to travel from one dimension to another even to other worlds in the cosmos to serve various missions as directed by the master who is lord of hosts the third set of wings with twain he did fly meaning tutelage in the use of personal portals is one of the first sessions of mentoring for newly translated beings To fly comprises traveling into the future and into the past, while at the same time fulfilling tasks for the Lord in what might be considered the here and now. Mastery over time, the elements and space, is not something that we can easily comprehend in our fallen telestial states of being. However, this is what translation mentorship is all about. Nephi declared, Great are the words of Isaiah, and so it is. Through sincere prayer, may we each ever become... Becoming to know more and more about our own true identities our future missions that we will yet serve for the messiah and the nature of transitioning into a glorified terrestrial state when in the lord the time is right section the full activation of the eighth chakra much is known regarding the seven chakras and the powers of the centers of human energy however little is known about the power of the activation of the eighth chakra the eighth chakra is located about 18 to 24 inches above the crown chakra Suspended above the top of one's head, this is learning how to connect into the grid of God and is usually taught through a newly translated being's mentorship program. In most cases, the newly translated individual is assigned to a married couple who enjoys a particularly special pre-established bond of freedom or friendship from the premortal worlds with the one who is to be advanced through a mentorship program. In Theosophy and anthroposophy the akastic chronicle is a compendium of all human events thoughts worlds, emotions and intent ever to have occurred in the past present or future they are believed to be theosophists to be encoded in a non-physical plane of existence known as the mental plane during our ascension process we learn to access the achaistic Achastic records which begin to give us access to past, present, and future knowledge at will. Section Translated beings can and will bear children only under the direction of the Lord himself, as circumstances call for it. Until these many societies are unveiled from the eyes of our understanding, no one will fully comprehend the diversity and many strange ways of their many groups. Some of these translated beings are guided by the Lord to give and be given in marriage. Others are instructed by the Lord to bear children only when it is appropriate. Per the guidelines of Holy Ascension, determined by where they are on the continuum. When translated beings bear children, they give birth to babies that are in the terrestrial format of translated children. The heavenly formats in the dimensions are established by Father for our growth and godly progression. Terrestrial beings that are translated have an increase in the ter- temporal capacities. At this semi exalted level, terrestrial parents in terrestrial families bring forth terrestrial children in complete harmony with a plan set forth by our heavenly parents only when and if burying the children is appropriate these children then grow up to adulthood per the designated plan of happiness and personal ascension that is a gift to them from the eternal father and holy mother what a glorious and unforgettable moment in history of a people from the uh, dispensation of the fullness of times when the apprentices of the first wave are then transformed into the masters and mentors of the remaining balance of the gatherers. The number of newly translated beings is increasingly exponentially to fill the ranks of the twelve invisible and fearless armies which represent each of the twelve tribes of Jacob. This surely is the most magnificent and sacred mentorship program of the last days, and it is to reach its zenith just as we are about to transition from the days of the Gentiles to the days of Israel and the advent of the Church of the Firstborn. At this point, you, the reader, may better understand the vision discussed at the beginning of the book. Section Our current time is similar in some ways to the circumstances during the the great pre-Diluvian call-out. Perhaps the greatest of all pre-Diluvian call-outs was the gathering of the righteous saints out of the unrighteous communities of the wicked world and into the refuge of the city of Enoch were they not assured through direct prophecy that if they were to be justified and duly sanctified through the merits of the future atonement of Christ, that as a community they would be translated and that the entire city of holiness would be lifted up into the heavens in time to escape the devastation of the great flood? Enoch himself was translated and then lifted up At about the age 430, Hebrews 11.5 teaches us, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. You read this scripture at the beginning of the book, and I quote this scripture again for one reason. This chapter has come full circle to the knowledge that Enoch knew that he pleased God, and then he was translated. Section Enoch's Mission was an example of a translated being's ascension process. One of the primary functions of translated beings in the, pre, the final premillennial countdown is to go out into the world to gather those who will come to the New Jerusalem. In Moses 7:62 through 64, we read, "And truth will I cause to sweep the earth as with a flood, to gather out mine elect from the four quarters of the earth unto a place which I shall prepare a holy city." that my people may gird up their loins, and be looking forth for the time of my coming, for there shall be my tabernacle, and it shall be called Zion, a new Jerusalem. And the Lord said unto Enoch, Then shalt thou and all thy city meet them there, and we will receive them into our bosom, and they shall see us, and we will fall upon their necks, and they shall fall upon our necks, and we will kiss each other. And there will be mine abode, and it shall be Zion, which shall come forth out of the creations which I have made, and for the space of a thousand years the earth shall rest." More from Holy Writ regarding the ascension of Enoch and his transition into the translated state according to the higher order of the priesthood of God, which existed even prior to the creation of this world. Pages 797-798, JST, Genesis 1430-32. For God, having sworn unto Enoch and unto his seed, with an oath by himself, that every one being ordained after this order and calling should have power, by faith, to break mountains, to divide the seas, to dry up waters, and to turn them out of their course, to put at defiance the armies of nations, to divide the earth, to break every band, to stand in the presence of God, to do all things according to his will, according to his command, subdue principalities and powers, and this by the will of the Son of God, which was from before the foundation of the world. And men, having this faith, coming up into this order of God, were translated and taken up into heaven. The vast majority of the general population of the world is destined to simply go back home and enter into the rest that has been prepared for us by Jesus Christ, participating in these exciting end time events from the other side of the veil. And for a good long list of reasons, this is exactly how it should be to continue to fulfill our missions from the world of the post-mortal spirits. But many of those that remain here in the flesh will live through the premillennial vortex with a whole new lifestyle transitioning from the telestial world into the terrestrial realm. Section, Those with Christ's name sealed in their foreheads, the final ordinance. Some of the 144,000 high priests are now being translated by the Lord. Moreover, the calling forth and the formation of the ranks of the 144,000 did commence in earnest in 2012. When we consider the accompaniment of their spouses, the number of translated beings doubles from 144,000 to 288,000, or 24 thousand from each of the twelve tribes of Israel doctrine and covenant 7711 has the question and answer question what are we to understand by sealing of the 144 thousand out of the tribes of Israel twelve thousand of each tribe answer we are to understand that those who are sealed are high priests according to ordained unto the holy order of God to administer the everlasting gospel for they are they who are ordained out of every nation kindred tongue and people by the angels to whom is given power over the nations of the earth to bring as many as will come to the church of the firstborn these high priests as set forth in doctrine and covenant 77 that are sealed and ordained by God or by his angelic delegates to administer the everlasting gospel during his millennial reign have they already become or are they now in the process of becoming translated beings the question and answer section session from dnc 77 continues question what are we to understand by the angel ascending from the east revelation chapter 7 and second verse Answer we are to understand that the angel ascending from the east is he to whom is given the seal of the living God over the twelve tribes of Israel. Wherefore he crieth unto the four angels, having the everlasting gospel, saying, "Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And if you will receive it, this is the elias which will go uh, which was to come to gather together the tribes of Israel and restore all things. In the seventh chapter of the Book of Revelation, we see the verses of Scripture which generated the iniquity that it is addressed in the seventy-seventh section of the Doctrine and Covenants. Let us now refer to Revelation seven one through four. I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth earth, and I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard a number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. And again the Lord reveals to us through his servant John that the sufferings of the impenitent on the earth will be severe in the plagues of the latter days, except among those who have been touched by the Lord himself in the forehead, which is the formal which is too formally sealed them to be his own. From Revelation nine, four, we read, and it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. The Lord Jesus Christ has referred to them that were given to him of or by the Father as the elect, those set apart to serve special <laughs> Special and specific end time missions. Of the billions of the inhabitants of the earth, only a select few were chosen and set apart from the foundation of the earth to serve during their mortal sojourn as those who are to become devoted to Christ in the fullest measure and to the utmost of their personal capacity. One of the purposes for their marking in the forehead is to enable terrestrialized or translated beings to immediately recognize each other while in the service of the Lord in the latter days. Another purpose for being marked in the forehead is to provide a literal insignia to those who have spiritualized to see regarding which of the inhabitants of the world in drying down times of tribulation are those who have truly been given to the Lord by his father in revelation 14:1 and the first half of revelation 14 we learn more about those who are given to Lord blah, 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 who are given to Lord of the Father and are sealed with his father's name And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty-four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. A parallel admonition is found in the seventeenth and eighteenth verses of section 133 of the Doctrine and Covenants. For behold, the Lord God hath sent forth an angel, crying through the midst of heaven, saying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his path straight, for the hour of coming is nigh, when the lamb shall stand upon Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty-four thousand, having the father's name written on their foreheads. The Discourses of St. John the Divine bring to life the wonders of the Tribulation Era and the transitioning into the dawn of the millennial reign of the Lord. The devil and his hosts are bound for a thousand years. The healing and transformative waters of life, H3O, spring forth from the throne of God in the New Jerusalem, and the Tree of Life bears twelve different types of precious fruit for the healing and ascension of the nations. Those who have been valiant in Christ, who have fared well and unscathed through the Tribulation, will have known him personally. They have seen his face and will have communed with him. They will have their bond with him sealed, meaning made permanent, when he touches them in their forehead one by one individually. Those that have been sealed his will then reign with him for a thousand years. These truths are set forth in the 22nd chapter of Revelation with special emphasis on verses 3 through 5. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and the servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. When the Savior of the world touches us at the point of the third eye, he is, in essence, shifting us into a higher dimension by altering our molecular structure. In this ordinance, he is binding and unifying our hearts and minds to each other, while simultaneously binding our bodies and spirits to each other in ways that defy description. The words do not exist in the English language. In the higher orders of the holy priesthood, the, servants of, the sealing of his servants in their foreheads is an official ordinance. There is no way to overemphasize the overarching importance of the two threes of translation. Translation is a gift, ordinance, and ordination likewise translation consists of two ordinations or ordinances that mark the official commencement of the translation process while a third ordinance the sealing in the forehead is the third and final ordinance of the translation process this glorious third ordinance is the finalization of the translation process to seal it or make it complete even as a master electrician the messiah creates a complete electrical circuit through which he his power surges beginning at the brain then connecting all of the major organs and finally passing through the heart this fusing of the primary elements of the soul together the soul meaning body and spirit constitute the formal completion of translation although the mentorship may continue for a period of several years thereafter section personal ascension through the premillennial vortex the premillennial vortex is an expression that relates to the span of time just prior to the second coming of Christ and the altering of the physical science all around us as we approach the tribulation span. As we go through the tempestuous tribulations, as time itself accelerates, the planet's axis shifts, the rotation of earth shifts, and this world is even transported to be a completely different place in the cosmos. Those righteous souls have already made arrangements to assist those of us that remain here from the other side of the veil as directed by the divine. Section, The Glorious and Amazing Awakenings. We may ask, Father, in sincere prayer, am I among those to whom these blessings pertain? Before the foundation of this world, was I inscribed in my personal book of life that I was, in the end times, to become terrestrialized and to partake of the marvelous ordinances of the Church of the Firstborn? As each of us prayerfully petition the Father so that we can receive our own individual translation blessings, a way will be provided as those consecrated prayers are always answered by Father himself, or through the traditional channels that he offers, including the ministering of angels. The holy angels are sent to minister to individuals that approach Father with the sincerity and genuineness of their burning hearts. We must ask, ask seek, and knock. He will reveal them to us. In all righteousness, our own will is always subordinated to the will of Christ, and to whom we look steadfastly for bringing us lovingly up and through the many levels of ascension until that perfect day in which we achieve the fullness of both life light and happiness revelation 7 13 through 17 reads and one of the elders answered saying unto me what are these which are arrayed in white robes and whence came they and i said unto them sir thou knowest and he said unto me these are they which came out of great tribulation and have they And have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, as they before the throne of God, and serve him night and day um, in the temple, and he sitteth on the throne, shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall uh, sun light on them, nor any heat for the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them, and shall lead them into living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And all of these translation promises and doctrines are to be granted to us in accordance with each of our individual foreordination covenants. We are to seek these blessings earnestly, praying, fasting, and asking if gift, ordination, and ordinance of translation pertains to us, and if it is to be part of our foreordained life plan. And if these marvelous blessings pertain to us, let us now claim the gift of translation for ourselves, working directly with the Messiah in all faith, diligence, and confidence. That was a long chapter.